Wilson, welcome to the podcast. How are you? It's good to be here. Yeah. Welcome Doing to the best podcast in the 8503. Did it again. I don't <laughs> want to tell people where we live. Let's welcome, let's say the, welcome to the best podcast in North Phoenix. There you go. There you go. Um, let's go on. Let's get fact checked. I don't know if we're going to get fact checked. Yeah, I know. That. We might not be. <laughs> we might not be. That's true. There Look might be stats. another podcast. Look at the stats. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. Um, so we're talking offline that, um, you know, we're kind of jealous that you are wearing a sweater right now. And uh, I'm currently sweating inside of my own house in Phoenix. How cold is it over there? It's actually not that bad. Um, we today we got a little bit, a little bit cooler. We dipped into the fifties, high forties at night here, but we've been having unseasonably warm November here in Michigan, uh, which I've got no complaints for. You know, you never know Michigan winter. I guess November, you never know if you're going to have snow or if you're going to have seventy degrees. So mm-hmm. enjoy it's it when like I can. A box of chocolates. um all right well let's do some icebreaker questions um before we get into uh the what we're talking about in this episode uh first one softball Uh, coffee or tea coffee definitely coffee team coffee very good um what is your go-to prayer well so recently uh maybe like the past two years my go-to I love the surrender novena. Um, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which super simple, um, and I mean, like it's great as a novena, but then also just that prayer. Take care of everything, like Jesus. I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. That's that's been like lifeblood for me, especially at certain moments. That's uh, also been my go-to in the last couple of weeks with sick children. and during mass um all right let's see what saint would you like to have a drink with so uh well so i'd like to have a drink with him i don't know that he'd drink back he'd probably just like sit there and judge me but (laughs) i so i'm actually partially lebanese and okay my family through like family lore and legend were related to St. Charbel. So, um, monk in the mountains of Lebanon and was a pretty intense guy, but, but I'd also like, I've just that family connection of, I've always wanted to know, cause the stories you hear about him, like I love the East, they're mystics. Um, Mm -hmm. But because of that, there's a lot more of like the hagiography and spiritualization. So you're like, oh, this saint, he flew around in the air and like, you know, he yeah. cursed demons and they fled away or whatever. You know, like I'd like to, I'd like to be like, hey, Charbel, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> Let's talk about our family yeah, tree. That's a good one. <laughs> that, that's a good one. And he also had a great beard. So there's he that. He did. Great beard. Yeah. Um, last one. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Most definitely. Most definitely. In a million different ways. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. We've had such a missed bag with that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, so I, I like to make pizza in my spare time, like part-time pizza Iolo. Okay. Dream world, I'd open a pizza <laughs> pizza shop. But okay, um, okay. I think there's a lot of things you can do with pineapple on pizza. <laughs> and it, truth be told, on Friday of last week, I went to a pizza place and both Deanna and myself order slices of pizza that had pineapple mm. on them. They were delicious. Yeah. They were like two small, like maybe like the size of a quarter. Still. Um, one one time I had pizza with cantaloupe on it. No, you did not. Yeah, dude. Is it was cantaloupe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the like the pineapple. Yeah. It's I remember it very, very distinctly because it was like a wedding shower that they did for us a couple of nights before we got married. And it was at this little pizza cafe that this couple was trying to get a pizza off the ground, a pizza place off the ground, uh-huh. not a pizza off the ground. We didn't eat it off the ground. <laughs> um, and, and they were like, I don't know, artisan pizzas because they were, there was no pepperoni to be found. Everything was like weird ingredients, a weird mix, but it surprisingly worked. You know, there was like one with shrimp on it that okay, was really there's, tasty. There's like, it's like a frutti di mare. It's a pizza with like a bunch of mussels and shrimps and whatnot in it. But the cantaloupe one really caught me yeah. off guard. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll try uh, it. And it worked. I'm going to have to Google that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll... I'm, Maybe. I'm going to put it on maybe, you know? <laughs> well, th- I mean, I'd say, like, uh, if you'd never had pineapple on pizza, you'd probably have the same idea of hearing cantaloupe on pizza. So, could that's work. Right. Yeah. And it was really thinly shaved, too. It wasn't, like, a slice. You know, it wasn't, like, one of these, like, you know? From it was, breakfast. like, very thinly sla- uh, sliced. It, so it, you it could see through it. If you you could see through it. Through, like, mm-hmm. okay. And then cooked. It kind of, like, charred a little bit. Okay. Oh no! Okay. I, I still think it could work. Yeah, feeling <laughs> hungry. I already had dinner. <laughs> All right, let's move on because we could talk about food for ages. Um, James, I, I have to say that uh, you know, you took one of the best babysitters that the Kentu family has ever had, but um, but we forgive you because uh, you are the answer to to a bunch of prayers um but i'm I'm jumping the gun here with what i'm trying to say um uh what i guess what is what i'm trying to say is can you tell us a little bit about yourself i i i have listened to your to your story how god has led you uh throughout your life and it's pretty wild <laughs> um so for those that don't know that part of the story can you tell us a little bit about yourself sure yeah so i'm from michigan grew up in michigan um, I'm actually currently, I, I bought the home that I grew up in from my parents. So there were six kids, eight of us in this small three bedroom house, three boys in one room, oh, wow. three girls in another room, um, one bathroom for everybody. Don't know how that was possible, but you know, we're Beck and I decided, Hey, I did it. Let's try it again. So, uh, so we bought the, <laughs> bought the house that I grew up in, um, but from a really early age, like almost as early as I can remember memories, I wanted to be a priest. Like I was convinced that God was calling me to be a priest. I was just in love with the liturgy, in love with the church. 
in love with the Lord, um, like in a very conscious way. Like I, I had a lot of self-awareness, I think for, for a little child. Um, mm-hmm. I think where, where like I, I sensed, I, I was aware of God working in my life. Um, so from a really early age, wanted that. And I, I kind of went in all in on that and pursued that. Uh, I went to a boarding school when I was in eighth grade for, for boys who were discerning the priesthood and um, lived in community there with guys who, who thought that this is where the Lord was leading them. Um, went to high school back here in Michigan, uh, but then went to join the novitiate right out of high school. So I was, I was with a religious order, the Legionaries okay. of Christ, uh, based in Connecticut, but I also spent time in Italy and on the East Coast in DC for, for a number of years doing ministry. And um, so I spent 11 years there total, but um, after really high school, almost from the, from the, yeah, basically from the, from the time I joined, I started disassociating in a way. And it's something that I'll get into later, but um, mm-hmm. I didn't like in my body, I felt like something was off and uh, in my brain too, like, you know, I wasn't, fully present like something seemed off I, there was anxiety and but i just assumed like this is how it's supposed to be um god asks you to do something mm-hmm. hard it's gonna be hard and if it's not hard something's wrong like the harder it is the more god's plan it is and uh so i just kind of plowed ahead and um ignored what my body was telling me ignored what my mind was telling me and um I think a big problem that, uh, a lot of us do, you know, we, especially in, you know, people of strong faith is we spiritualize our, our human problems and like, oh, I'm having a bad day. It must be God's trying to send me challenges. It's like, no, you just Mm -hmm. didn't have coffee and you had like three hours of sleep last night (laughs) and it's not, it's not a demonic attack, you know? Um, and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I, I, I just assumed like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm having like, I'm don't feel like I'm in the right place or like, I'm, I'm really struggling to get through the day and it must be that I'm not praying well enough or like, I just need to have more faith. I need mm. to have more trust. And, um, so like bring it up in spiritual direction, but the question isn't like, Hey, is something off here? Is something wrong? Am I in the right place? Am I where God wants me to be? It was, it was more like, why am I not good enough? Why, why am I, you know, why can't I try hard enough? You know? And it was, um, so shockingly that that wasn't sustainable. And, uh, there definitely, (laughs) no kidding. So there came a breaking point uh, about nine years into religious life, which I'm kind of surprised, just a testament to, uh, <laughs> how, how, uh, closed in on myself. Maybe I was that mm-hmm. I went that long before, before realizing anything was even wrong and, um, started working, realized that there was something that needed to be addressed and healed in me brokenness and started working through some of that, started going to therapy um, received a bit of support from the religious community in, in doing that journey, but also, uh, not what I needed maybe. (laughs) 
And okay. the culmination of it was just at, um, before taking my final vows, I just wasn't able to make these vows. Like I could physically, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Um, I was depressed. Uh, something was mm -hmm. very clearly not right, but I was like totally oblivious to the possibility that I wasn't in the right place. Like this stuff is not going, you know, I'm feeling all this stuff in my body. Um, I'm feeling this anxiety in my prayer. Um, but, but this is very clearly, obviously where God wants me to be. And so it's my problem. Like, uh, and thankfully one of the, maybe one of the only good things the religious order did for me is they, they told me like, Hey, we're not going to let you go on go back home. Um, so after 11 years, you know, I was 29, um, through all my twenties, you know, like thought that this was going to be the end of the journey was going to be the priesthood, religious life. And that was just sort of whoop, in, you know, the span of six months taken away. And I was left there kind of like holding the pieces of what is, what is my life? Like, who am I outside of this identity that's been yeah. that I've carried with me my whole life? You know, you came back home and started from zero, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. So no. So I how was like that re-entry into like normal life, I guess? It, it was pretty rough, um, but I'm an adaptable guy. So like outwardly, maybe it didn't seem very rough. But inwardly, I still was clenching. I was still clenching, like, um, blind to the brokenness, maybe, uh, mm -hmm. or, or more than, more than that, resistant to what the Lord, the healing the Lord was trying to bring into my life. Um, mm -hmm. so I just continued, you know, I found a job. I started working for Curo, which is where I work now. Um, and the Lord has been working through all of that, uh, to, to bring healing, but, um, is I left about seven, seven years ago now, and it took the healing is ongoing, <laughs> you know, but it right. took, yeah, it yeah. took five, five and a half years of resisting and slowly the Lord, like working, bringing about healing through different things mm. in my life. Yeah. So I, I know wh where you met your wife, because I know the story from her side, but I don't think I've heard the story from your side because it's pretty providential. So you leave religious life, you go back to Michigan. How much time does it span between you going back home and then like, how do you get on that trip to the Holy Land to begin with? So, uh, it was four years, three years afterwards. So I, I left in 2016 in 2018, I randomly, um, ended up on a pilgrimage in Israel. And I was like, it was this group of people who all knew each other and they were part of this program. And then a friend of mine was organizing it and was like, Hey, we've got an extra room, extra spot. 
we're looking for more for more men because it's like i don't know five women to one man man so <laughs> balance it out a little bit and uh usually so is. Went, you know <laughs> twist my arm um so i went and had like this life transformative experience there in the holy land um like encountering jesus as a person as a as, like in his humanity and i think maybe this is kind of distraction but like i think two places rome teaches you about the church like you go to go to rome and you experience the church and the history and the saints and you're like wow the church is bigger than me the church is alive the church is international mm -hmm. global like you feel mm -hmm. the power of the church and that's the Rome experience. You go to Israel and the churches are ugly. <laughs> like, they're all ugly. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just like such a unique, I mean, Christians are a minority, minority. Um, but you, I remember woke up one morning and the hotel we were staying at was, was on the Sea of Galilee and looking across the mountains to the, like the, on the other side, there are mountains in Jordan. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like Jesus probably woke up in the morning and looked at these mountains, like these mountains. And, and you really get that sense, you, like you touch the humanity of Jesus. And I mean, I don't know if it was St. Francis or something, but I know that they call the Holy Land the fifth gospel because it just mm -hmm. being there, you touch mm -hmm. the world, you know? So it, it really, it rocked my world and sparked all these different, this growth in, in the spiritual life. And I actually, uh, it led to things and I actually reapplied to the seminary and they saw, and that kind of goes back into things of like, just that clenching. It's like, well, you know, God told me I was supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. It doesn't matter that I don't want to do it. It doesn't matter that it gives me tremendous anxiety. It doesn't matter that like, uh, very clearly I was in, I was discerning it for 11 years, I, you know, <laughs> that's long enough, but, um, so you like punishment is kind yeah. of what I'm gathering. <laughs> so, uh, but I came back and I told everyone about Israel and ended up getting about 10 people to go the next time around. Um, and with that, uh, because I'd been turned down from the seminary, they were like, Nope, sorry, you got a little bit to work on. Um, kind of closed the door in my face and I was like, well, I'm, I'm here. I guess I'll go to Israel again. So when I was there, that's when I met Becca uh, and she was having a, she had an amazing experience and I was in like dread the entire time. And then, and then oh, Becca. No. <laughs> it was dread and Becca. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, from, we, we ended up having, like this affirmation session. And I was, I was one of the leaders for the pilgrimage and a few of us stayed up late one night and um, just went around a circle saying what we saw positive in each other. And I think I went first or maybe, I don't remember, maybe Becca went first and she, whatever she said to me, it was like, she, she knew me at my core and I just felt this, I felt known and I felt seen. And I felt the same for her. Like I, I just knew her and wanted to know her, um, in the biblical sense. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. 
and there was just something there and and we thankfully and not thankfully it was like right before covid um this happened this was in february 2020 um we came oh, right. the day we drove back to the airport to leave we found out that israel had like they were they closing everything COVID cases yeah so so literally one more week further and we would have never met um who knows where our lives would be wow but the lord and, and one really cool yeah sorry i'll just one cool story there too is that yeah. when i had gone the first time um in cana they just kind of part of the pilgrimage thing they prayed for married couples but then they also prayed and because it was a young adult pilgrimage they prayed for all the people young people who felt that they were called to marriage and for their future spouses and at that point i was like well i'm supposed to be a priest you know but i don't want to be the only person when it's five girls to every guy i'm not going to say i'm not going you know praying for my marriage so so i got up and went to the front with everybody else and uh <laughs> and the first conversation that becca and i had was the day we were at Cana and in Galilee. So, so it's cool. Like the Lord literally answered my prayer. He's like, I'm going to send you, I'm going to answer that prayer and I'm going to do it here. <laughs> so, That's yeah. So amazing. God does have a sense of humor, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> wow. Um, Man, I I love hearing that story. I'm glad that we have it now recorded for yeah. for uh, posterity. Gustavo, do you have any questions? I've been kind of hogging the conversation. No, you're good. Um, I I want to go back to what what was it you that you were experiencing? You said you felt anxiety when when you were going through the discernment and 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 being in community. Um, was it like, were you looking to the future of it and were you just not seeing yourself as a priest or were you like encountering some spiritual dryness while you were there? I mean, because I assume that you're just engulfed in, in prayer, in prayer and in, and in, in, in this environment that not like a lot of men have, right? A lot of men have families or work. And it, it, the, the, the circumstances themselves are not conducive to have a very deep spiritual life sometimes. That's why we have to work harder at it. Um, but were you there? And what was it that felt off to you? Yes. Yeah. So I, my prayer life was great. And looking back at it now, like I, I wonder sometimes with, with all the, the different working through the lies and the woundedness and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I asked myself, like, was it all real? Like, was any of that real? Was any of the prayer mm. and the conversation I was having with the Lord, those, those intimate moments, was that, were they real? And I, I, they were, they definitely were. And so there was a real depth that I've never been able to, reach and like there's a reason why people go away and they live in monasteries or dedicate themselves to um to prayer, prayer mm -hmm. full time because because 
you can't do that in the world. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't dryness in prayer. It wasn't that uh, I didn't see the Lord working in my life. It was just a, a restlessness and mm. um, lack of peace, which I know <laughs> we can't dwell in the, in the realm of the senses, but we also can't ignore the senses. Yeah. And, and I think that, that like a reoccurring story, I think in all of our lives maybe is, is that, um, absolutizing of different, like the over spiritualization yeah. or on the flip side, you know, like the over sentiment, sentimentalization of things. Um, how does it make me feel? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, if you look at all, like, hon honestly, if you look at most of the heresies in the church, they're either one or the other, right? Like the body's mm -hmm. all bad or, yeah. uh, you know, like just indulge. Jesus the is body. not divine. He's just human. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's kind of extreme. I, I think, yeah. And, and I think that restlessness, um, prevented me from being able to, it was really ultimately the Lord, I think, putting a stop on my heart, but prevented me from being able to fully commit to the life that I was living. Even though I was all in, mm -hmm. there was some block there that said, like, no, I, I can't do this. And part of it was that I couldn't envision myself living the life I was living for the rest of my life, that that thought just gave me tremendous anxiety. Um, it's like, if I have to live with the pressure and burdens that I'm feeling right now for the rest of my life, I won't make it. Hmm. Um, and I think that's what I didn't see then, but what, that I see now is that that was the Lord clearly working through my humanity and through, through like, I think in discernment, discernment is such a hard thing because it is our whole person. It isn't like, you know, I mean, all the tips and tricks that are there, right. And like yeah. make your pros and cons and write it down and, um, like envision Ignatius, right. Like envision what you would tell someone on their deathbed, uh, or would like all these different things, but, but ultimately it's not a formula. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's not math. working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very interesting because um, I think we've made a couple of episodes on discernment of spirits and it always comes up on, you know, especially people that are trying to discern their vocation. It's not easy when you want to do God's will. And um, I mean, you and I had a conversation last week about, you know, fatherhood and the challenges that come with it um, in, you know, just like I, I told you then, uh, just to repeat it for the sake of the audiences, the good days are going to be very good. And then the bad days, sometimes they're going to suck as very hard, you know? Um, it's very, it's like the intensity grows when you are living your vocation according to mm -hmm. God's will, in my opinion. Gustavo probably agrees with that statement. Um, oh, for sure. Um, but but that only meant, that only tells us that it's worth it. Yes, absolutely. you know, because it's 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 about 
and we talk about this on the podcast too a lot is, is growing out of your comfort zone and sometimes you have to be pushed because you don't want to you know in and and those feelings of restlessness sometimes i think is the lord just giving you that nudge to 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 really question yourself is like am i really meant for this is this really what the lord wants me to do with with my life uh is this what is eventually going to get me to heaven you know yeah. and and yeah the 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 hard days are hard but it 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 does build up for you to become better it's that opportunity of growth you know i don't think god just makes it hard and without any outcome the outcome yeah. is that we we polish ourselves to become better it's the know? pruning mm -hmm, it's the pruning and it's it's the it's the spiritual growth and not only personal but in terms of being a father of your kids because then your kids will start uh seeing what what that is like what what it entails to care for another person you know whether that's your spouse your brother your sister whatever right your mom your grandma it's it's about that disposition for good and willing the good of the other that really comes into play i have a proud father story if you let me take two minutes mm -hmm. today um we got rid of um, a gas grill that we're no longer using so Deanna's on this Facebook group, the buy nothing group that you announce things and people pick them up if they want them, they claim them. So we put it outside on the curb and this man rolls in and um, he's struggling to get the, the grill on this uh, uh, hitch thing that he has trailer. So I go outside and I help him lift it up and put it in the trailer, come back in and Oliver says, you're a good man, daddy. I'm like, thanks, bud. And I'm like, well, this, you know, it's good that you see me doing this kind of things because how else are you going to know how to be a good man if I don't teach you? Yeah. And he's like, oh. And Deanna said like, yeah, because I cannot teach you how to be a good man because I'm, I'm a woman. So your dad needs to teach you how to be a, a man. And I was like, that's very profound. At the same time, I was like, don't tear up. Don't tear up. You're good. You're good. It was, a, it was a sweet moment to recognize that my son is like always observing everything that I do. So no pressure. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Let's talk about Kuro because you mentioned that you started working for them um, when you got a job after you left religious life. And uh, you are the director of operations and marketing for CMF Kuro. Yes. A proud sponsor of the first season of Barbados Catholic Podcast, by the way. And um, forever be in our hearts. Yes. And in ours as well. Yeah. We bought <laughs> so much bourbon with that money. Uh, <laughs> we also bought equipment. That's true. That's true. But, uh, but, but mostly bourbon. bourbon. <clears throat> uh, can you tell us a little bit about what uh, Curo does? Sure. Yeah. And, and it's really connected with, um, kind of with, with the whole journey and that, that journey of healing. Uh, Curo is part of the Christ Medicus Foundation, uh, which is a Catholic healthcare ministry. It was founded in the 90s. Uh, basically, was a one-man show who 
this man, Mike O'Day, who um, from the experience of he and his wife ran a pregnancy resource center, crisis pregnancy center. And um, a woman came in one day with her daughter and he was trying to counsel them out on abortion. And the woman was like, well, you know, the thing is, uh, my insurance will pay for an abortion, but it won't pay for the pregnancy. And he was just like, wait, what? What insurance do you have? And it was Blue Cross Blue Shield. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is like the same insurance that I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, had this this dawning or, or you know, kind of Revelation. aha moment that, that we needed to find an alternative for Catholics. And we need to have some other, we need to band together and, and find some other way of doing this. And, um, you know, the, we're not given tons of options in healthcare, the way with employer healthcare and everything that, that it works, our country. Uh, so like lots of, he, he basically dedicated himself to telling people about the crisis in healthcare and with the faith and conscience and especially the pro-life issue. Um, with the Affordable Care Act, we then looked to partner with a sharing ministry. And so we partnered with Samaritan Ministries, which is one of the nation's largest health sharing ministries uh, to give a Catholic experience of health sharing. Mm. Uh, and so we partner with them. We, we help people find health sharing, but then kind of listening to the Holy spirit. Um, we've always provided additional like support and resources. Um, but there, the Holy spirit has just been knocking on that door of like integration, wholeness, healing, and, and looking at the fractured world, um, looking at fractured healthcare, uh, looking at our fractured selves really, um, being drawn into being a source for Catholics to find this healing and integration of their whole health um, okay. in Christ. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting, like the healthcare, the health and wellness industry is like a $2 trillion a year industry. Um, that doesn't surprise and, me at all. Two, 2000, yeah. how, repeat this, the, the number again. It's like $2 trillion a year. $2 trillion. Globally. Dollars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And things like, I mean, you know, there, there are things like Noom or BetterHelp or yeah. yoga and, and or like, I get, I get these ads for Factor, which is like these pre-made meals all the time. <laughs> and they're the worst because like they use all these influencers to promote it. So you mm. can ban factor but then you'll just get like a million ads from some random person anyway uh, it's all about like healthy eating you know and and people like the secular world kind of understands or has that intuition like there has to be a better way like what is all this this brokenness that i feel inside like how do we fix this um ultimately it's like it's the lord but Right. But it's that integration, bringing it back together. Like you're loved. God has made us for to be one with Him. Our body matters. Our mind matters. 
but so does our our heart and our spirituality and and our faith. Like the Lord is the one who will un- who will sew us back together, who will knit us together. Um, mm. So we're we're trying to help people, help empower people to uh, to find that healing and wholeness, and by integrating their faith. Yeah, and their so healthcare. if and their healthcare, yeah, that was like the 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 question that I had because. Um, people come to to Kuro to say like I would like um healthcare for my family and I think one of the things that uh I don't remember if you or Becca was telling me that sometimes people write their checks for their healthcare and they send it directly to like the person that is going to receive the money that month for their pregnancy or surgery that they need or something like that which i think is something like it humanizes healthcare and it's like this sense of like community that um you know when i pay my healthcare from my from my employer i just know that it's going to benefit the six of us in my family mm-hmm. but with kiro <laughs> with samaritan it has that added bonus i see of um you can actually know who you are benefiting with your monthly payment. Is, is yes. that yeah. how it works, sort of? Yeah, so for for the health sharing, um, that is, it's really beautiful and unique experience because you are sending, you're basically, you're exercising Christian charity. You are mm. sending your money it's i mean it's after tax dollars right like you're you're sending money to another family for their healthcare needs and you might be having like right now my wife's pregnant becca's pregnant and um we have bills that come in because of that uh but at the same time every month we're sending our check to someone else so you're you're it really is an exercise in trust um it's mm-hmm. an exercise in faith and it's an exercise in charity And it's also an exercise in, in like on the opposite end of charity and receiving love from others and being loved by some random family in Oklahoma that sends you $500 for your medical bills. Um, mm. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not, there's no contract you're entering into. Uh, it's, it's a, it's an agreement and a partnership in faith really. Uh, but it, but it does work. Um, and like we expect at the end of this pregnancy, if the Lord, you know, if God's good and, and which he is, um, but that we'll probably not pay more than $500 for the whole pregnancy. So, uh, wow. when it works, it really, really works. And, um, but even beyond that, what we found is, and that's what Kiro has been doing that for since 2014 is helping with the health sharing. But we found that like, the healing that we need goes beyond just mm-hmm. our insurance. Like we, spiritual direction. Um, okay. Knowing like how, are, how do, what do we do? Like, how do I do this? Um, and, and I think like reminds me sort of, of, of uh, the apostles sometimes after, after Jesus like gives his parable and they're like, Well, Lord, if that, if that's the case, like who's, 
how are we to be saved? Or like, Lord, teach yeah. us to pray. Okay, you just said all this stuff. Like, but what do we do? And um, so we're trying to help people find uh, that guidance through like spiritual direction, through health coaching, through building a community mm-hmm. around the healthcare experience where people can people can know where to turn or have a reference that they can turn to and say like, hey, I don't know what to do. Like my doctor's saying this, like um, one of our, uh, it's really cool. His name is Michael Vaca. Amazing man, brilliant man, deeply spiritual man. He like combines this intense charismatic, like he speaks in tongues and then he'll like pull out and say Thomas Aquinas, you know? So you're like, what's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) But he, uh, he's a certified bioethicist and, um, so we'll have, you know, like different scenarios where, uh, someone calls in with like an ectopic pregnancy and just like, I don't know what to do. Like my doctors tell me this, what are my options and being able to counsel someone through that, uh, Mm from the ethical side of things, but also from the, from the spiritual pastoral side of things. Like this is an infant loss. This is, this is a child that this couple is losing and and being able to support them spiritually. And also from, from the sharing ministry side of things, uh, being able to help them through that process and part of it. So it's a really beautiful ministry. Um, but it needs to go beyond people who are in sharing as well. Like mm. everyone needs this reintegration. Um, so we're trying to offer that to people now outside of sharing. Okay. Uh, the spiritual direction and the coaching and this Catholic community of support. So That's amazing. Yeah. I think we, um, Mustafa and I have talked about this and then the times that we are lopsided, you know, um, sometimes we're doing really good with, what we are eating and uh and then you know like thanksgiving is basically upon us and after that all self-restraint goes out the window at least for me personally (laughs) until you know after epiphany because rosca reyes um and and you know and then you you start again you know i have this cycle of like i'm so fat i need to do something to then actually doing something and then losing the weight and then you know next thing you know you're again at the holidays um hopefully we don't make it as you know highs and lows in terms of like like the way but more a little bit uh, more steady um but we have gustavo and i have a friend in common that is really good with accountability and even gustavo and i are like talking about we need to challenge each other so we can do better because you know as husbands and fathers we need to be in the best shape that we can because we are providers. We are protectors. Honestly, I care of those things. Honestly, I blame the church. Too many feast days. <laughs> Too many feast days. <laughs> yeah. can, of course, you were yeah. going to say but that. The thing is, they, they concentrate so many good ones in different periods. I know. Too, where it's it's true. like, I just gained 10 pounds. It's like, I got to be a good Catholic. Let's yeah. eat Italian food. You know, because it's some saint's birthday. <laughs> Easter, Easter tide and, and Christmas tide, uh, you know, it just comes with, with repercussions. So we need we need to read, uh, we need to do a study on to love fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, okay, so for, for people that are listening, 
you, you just talked about what, what Kira does with the health sharing and with the, the, this new, um, can we call it products, services that, that you're offering with? Yeah, m memberships. Memberships. They're new, yeah. Um, where can people go to find out more if someone is interested in uh, signing up for these kind of memberships? You can go to mycatholichealthcare.com uh, or cmfcuro.com. Um, okay. Find out more there. Nice. Yeah, because honestly, I'm very interested in this concept of like spirit, mind, body, um, especially because it seems to be like Uh, very uh, compartmentalized either you see someone that is like all fitness these are these are your workouts all nutrition and then um you uh, you know if you have a spiritual director it's in a different place and if you have a, a mental health like a, a therapy or something you have like four different people that you're talking to and then all of those things are disjointed they might be telling you like contradicting information <laughs> sometimes i don't know mm -hmm. maybe so having everything in one stop shop sounds like the best way to do it or a better way to do it yeah and and i think part of it and like i experienced this in my own life where i ultimately found healing through becca and there, i mean there's a whole other One thing I'm, I'm only like six months into marriage, but I've just been blown away by the healing power of the sacrament of marriage mm. and Amen. like where I'm at now. And, and you mentioned it sort of earlier that like when we step into our vocation, like it's, it's like being supercharged, um, mm -hmm. yeah. you become more of the person you're called to be like, you find, you find your thing and. Um, but ultimately that healing start like that, I had to disavow myself of the lies that my body and my mind were telling me, like saying, no, like you need to listen to your body and the things that your brain tells you might not be true. So like tell, tell yourself the truth, root yourself in the truth that it was ultimately that, that like reuniting of my body with my mind, with an understanding of who the Lord was that helped me, that enabled me to find the freedom to, to step into my vocation. Mm. Um, That's beautiful. And, and it's all in God's timing, you know, but, but we're called for this, to this reintegration. Uh, and really there's no other way. Like that's where the Lord, the Lord wants us to find like, our vitality in that he has come to give us life and life to the fullest mm -hmm. Amen. man sacramental grace is hard the best um <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic well um i think we're on time but let's say if you had something else to tell the people that are listening that we haven't talked about what would it be Well, I guess it's, it's, we sort of have talked about it, but not totally, but that, um, God's plans. And it sounds so generic, you know, like you hear from everyone, but like, I could not have planned if I, if I had been like ridiculously, 
ridiculously meticulous and like plan my goals, I could not have planned for the greatness that like the great gifts that I have received Mm -hmm. from the Lord. Like they said, you know, they say it all the time, God, God's plans are bigger than our own or better than our own, but, but it really is true. Like I, I hate things that everybody says because I want to be different. But like, <laughs> it, it's true. I couldn't have planned this if I tried. And um, it's hard to hear or hard to say, like, just trust where God is leading. And, and I, I don't think, I don't think it is enough to just trust. Like, hmm. like it's, it's, it's like that saying that uh, everyone says that mother Teresa said that, uh, St. Ignatius said that uh, St. Augustine said, like, no one knows who said it, but praise of everything depended on God and work is of everything dependent on you. That um, I think there's, it's not fully true, but it's kind of a true statement <laughs> that, that like, God wants us to trust and like to not worry. But then also you need to work at it. Like you need to respond to the Lord and follow his steps and take steps in trust like, to do Amen. the trust fall you need to fall mm-hmm. <laughs> very true yeah. very true we need a sticker that says to do the trust fall you need to fall james mm-hmm. wilson 2022 man <laughs> that's amazing well james thank you so much for your time this has been a great conversation um Hopefully we'll get to see you and Becca when you are in, in, in Phoenix next time. And we need to head over to Detroit to go to the Salinas Casey uh, yes. Center. It's well, I have, I have an insider uh, friend of mine works there. So, well, you know, live okay. episode from the Salinas Center. Well, this That's is new information. So <laughs> let's put a pin on that one. But in the meantime, Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you find uh, if you found it uh, useful, uh, share it with other people. Like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, all that good stuff. Um, and uh, also go to direct.me forward slash Barbatos to know more about the podcast and my CatholicHealthcare.com. Did I say it right? That's right. My CatholicHealthcare.com for more information about CMF Curo and how you can. Um, get started uh, doing these wellness uh, subscriptions and whatnot that are probably what you need right now if you're listening this is probably a sign that God is giving you just I'm just saying I'm just going to put it out there you know it's your turn to to do something about it all right well we'll see you all next week and James thank you again and um, thanks so much for having me yeah let's Casey pray pray for for us us. until the next time